Our scripture today is from the book of Matthew in chapter 28, starting in verse 1. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is God's word to us offered in both its reading and its teaching. Amen. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? Gracious and loving God, what a gift it is to gather around your word, to know that in your word there is wisdom and there is truth. And so, Lord, we celebrate you as we receive this, your word. Lord, open our eyes that we would see, our ears that we would hear, Open our minds, we come to know and understand your word, our hearts, that we would feel its power. Then I ask, oh God, in response, if you would open our hands, please open our hands, that we would offer grace on your behalf to the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Wow, can you imagine what this day was like for the disciples this, this moment for the disciples. Now remember, the disciples were, were scattered. They were dispersed. They, they had all felt the trauma of loss and the challenge of the cross. And so in my spiritual imagination, I imagine that they, that they were uh, gathered in pairs or small groups or maybe just individually, and they were working through what we often do when we experience loss. They were working through that process of remembering You've been there. You know what that's like. Remember when? Remember when? Remember when he? Remember when she? You've, you've been there. And I believe that the disciples were there as well. And, and one would look to another and they would say, remember when, when we were uh, on the boat in the Sea of Galilee and, and Jesus was asleep? And the wind came up and the waves were overtaking us. And we all knew that we were going to die. And so we woke Jesus up and in the fog of his sleepy eyes, he said, wind and waves, be still. Do you remember? 
You remember uh, just a couple of days after that, we were, we were walking and a blind man approached Jesus and, and he, he, he couldn't see and Jesus uh, with a word and a touch just healed him and all of a sudden he could see as he never had been able to do. And just as soon as like our amazement had sunk in, Jesus then shifted to a man who was mute, who could not speak and Jesus loosed his tongue and he was able to, to speak and we could hear his voice, his voice of praise for Jesus and what he had done. Do you remember? Remember when, when Jesus was with us and, and everyone wanted to see him and hear him and, and, and he was teaching and there were 5,000 people. Do you remember that? 5,000. And we were like, Jesus, you, you got to send them away. There's too many people. Uh, they need to go to the town to find something to eat. And Jesus said, what do you have? You remember that? And so we gathered up five loaves and two fish and we gathered 12 basketfuls left over. You remember? You remember Jesus sent us to the other side of, of the sea and, and, and we were uh, just minding our own business and, and there on the water comes this figure, this one on, on the water walking, walking on the water. It was Jesus, you remember? And as he walked on the water, I stood in disbelief as Peter walked out with him. And then finally when he entered the boat, I realized, yes, it's him. Do you remember? Do you remember when Jesus was transfigured, when, when we went up on that mountain and, and there was Jesus and Moses, Elijah, the glory of the Lord shined around him and, and, and the word of God spoke over him and we could hear exactly who he was, that God spoke truth about his identity and we just wanted to stay there, but Jesus was like, no, we got work to do. And we were like, really? This glory and, and we can't just wait here? You remember when Jesus was transfigured? Jesus taught. He loved. You remember when he was betrayed? You remember when he was flogged and beaten? Do you remember that crown of thorns? They crucified him. And the end of the story is there for us in Matthew chapter 27, the second half of verse 60. After they took him off the cross, they rolled a big stone in front of the entrance to the tomb. And everyone went away. The end. Maybe you are in a space in your life today where you wonder if you're at the end, the end of the story. Maybe you could vaguely remember two and a half years ago 
two and a half years ago when, when you were growing in your faith, when you were, when, when you were uh, studying and learning, when you were in fellowship and connection, when community was rich and flourishing, and, and when you, you were seeking after the Lord to follow him faithfully. Maybe you remember when, two and a half years ago, things were flourishing in your faith. And then COVID. And then COVID, and, and then there was disruption and dissonance. There was questioning and wrestling, and, and everything that seemed to be consistent and in order all of a sudden was thrown into chaos. And in the midst of the chaos, you found yourself wondering if this indeed was the end of your faith's story, if, if so much had been lost that it could not be regained. And, and in that questioning, you begin to write at the end of the page, the end. Or maybe you've experienced uh, flourishing relationships. Uh, Maybe there's one relationship in particular that you you look back on and you grieve because you experienced uh, the joy and the life of that relationship that was so rich and blessing uh, for you and, and for those around you even. And then there was a fracture in that relationship that caused such a deep wound in you that it now is covered over with distrust. Not just of that one relationship, but distrust of relationships in general. And so you begin to write on that fresh page of today, the end. We've all lost so much recently, and I think of all of the relationships lost, but not just that, all of those that, that died over the past few years, mothers and fathers, sisters and brothers, friends, And even children. And in the midst of that grief and pain, life's luster is lost. And you wonder is this the end? As though we are reading. An epilogue, we turn to this point in the story and we hear the end. Last summer, I found myself uh, at one of those points in life. I was on sabbatical, some of you know, and uh, while I was on sabbatical, I went on this grand camping trip because I do. I love camping. And I went to Glacier National Park. Have any of you ever been to Glacier National? Hands? Hands? A couple? So for most of you, you have absolutely no clue what I'm talking about. That's totally awesome because this means I'm promoting each of you to go to Glacier National Park. Uh, you should. Um, and, and while I was in Glacier National, I, I, I set up my campsite. And the next morning, I woke up uh, and I asked the camp ranger, what is the one hike I have to do today. And he said, you need to go to Avalanche Lake. 
You need to go to Avalanche Lake. So I, I got all my gear, went out to Avalanche Lake, parked, strapped up all of my gear, and then uh, began the hike. And at the beginning of the hike was a sign. I wasn't expecting it because I thought I was on the Avalanche Lake hike. And the sign said, Trail of the Cedars. And I understood why very quickly as I was walking through these massive cedars, trees unlike any other I had ever seen before. Trees so tall that it seemed they were literally touching heaven. And, and I walked in, and it wasn't just one or two, it was hundreds, even thousands of these trees. And I just stood and looked up in wonder, how is this possible? So magnificent a sight. And then as I was looking up, I heard just just in the distance, the beginning of a sound, you know, almost as though it's, it's not real, but it began to echo. And I walked and it got closer and I heard the raging, rushing water of the river. The river that was flowing from the melted ice that was coming down off of the mountain and from Avalanche Lake down through this winding path. And the river was so strong, it had literally caught into the rock so that it had a place to flow. And I sat down next to that river, and I allowed the wash of the water to splash up on me. And I heard it, and it was ferocious and, and mighty. And I thought, how mighty this is. I've never seen any, anything like this. How grand and magnificent this is. And I climbed up the mountain pass up the trail until I arrived at the shoreline of Avalanche Lake and I walked out and this grand scene where the mountains produced a horseshoe around Avalanche Lake and there were cascading waterfalls down off the snow-capped mountains into the lake and I sat and I just basked in the glory of this scene that was unlike any other I'd ever witnessed. Then I remembered something. It was kind of in the back of my head. I had set it aside at the, the, the image of this scene. I remembered that, that when I entered onto that shoreline, there, there was actually a path that continued down uh, just to the right uh, of the lake. And, and I wondered what's down that path. If, if, if I have seen the trail of cedars, if I've seen the rushing river, and now I see the lake with the cascading waterfalls, what else could there be? There has to be something more. And so I hiked down this path just to the right. And as I went, I saw there were these, these little shore uh, uh, spaces where people could sit and, and, and they were. And as I kept going down the path, I was just growing in anticipation, anxious to see what else was there. And then I was confronted. I was confronted with a sign that said, trail ends here. Trail ends here. And so I, I grew curious. I, was, I, was, I walked all this way. There has to be something here. So I began searching around. I went up the, the mountainside a little bit, but the trail ends here. And, you know, I'm at Glacier National. I don't want to die. People are praying for me. I want, uh, you know, I want to be safe. And so then I go out to the shoreline, and, and there I walk across a, a, a fallen tree to try to get a better view. And pfft, there's no better view. There's nothing here. It's just a dud. 
It's absolutely a waste of my time. And I'm wondering, why did I do this? I've gone all this way. I've seen these magnificent things. There has to be something more. And so I stood in front of this sign for what seemed like 15 minutes. Trail ends here. So what did I do? Some of you know me. I went past the sign that said trail ends here. Now, now the path was not uh, maintained. It was not uh, well-groomed. In fact, I had to go over some trees and under some trees around some worn out and washed out spaces. I had to go through a thicket and under a bush. And then I heard something off in the distance. And I began to grow excited, wondering if that sign was a lie. The trail didn't actually end there. And so I hurried my pace and then I went under and through a thicket and I arrived at one of the waterfalls that had been cascading down the mountain. And I saw some boulders in the waterfall and I climbed out in the middle of the waterfall and I sat down on a boulder as the waterfall just cascaded all around me. And I thought to myself, this is the most magnificent place I have ever been in my life. Never seen anything so wondrous or glorious. And it all started with the trailhead that said, the end. This this word in Matthew 28 is a postlude. It's an epilogue. It's the page after the page that is empty and blank with only six short letters that reads the end. This was supposed to be the end. But as we read, we we hear of the women The women who waited over Sabbath day and at dawn, at the first glimmer of dawn, they go prepared to actually uh, hit the, 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 the conclusion of all things. And in that space, the earth begins to tremble. Can you imagine? I want you to put yourself there. The the, the women who knew that the end had already passed, the earth began to tremble. And they looked up wondering what was causing the earth to tremble. And in fact, it 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 was an angel of the Lord who had come from heaven to be amongst the people of God. And the tomb, the, the stone that was rolled in front of it, that tombstone was rolled away, shook literally open and that angel had the audacity to sit up on that stone and in fear and trembling the guards that were there uh, were paralyzed could not speak and the women stood in awe wonder and fear and the angel said the angel said look don't just stand here don't just wonder look look into the tomb You were there when he was laid. You were there when the stone was rolled in place. And now I want you to look and see. He is not here. He is risen. He is not here. He is risen. 
He's risen like he said he would be, like, like you forgot about, like you, 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 you could not believe could be the case. And now you're, you're confronted with this vision, this truth that he is risen. He is not here. Now, here's women, what I need you to do. I need you to go. I need you to tell, tell the disciples, tell everybody, tell them what you have witnessed here. And then as they leave, you have this commingling of fear and joy begin to wash over them. You could, you could relate to that, this, this anxious space, this, this wondering, this curiosity, this awe of what could yet be, and yet this joy, this, this absolute ferocious joy that starts to overwhelm you. And as that commingled together, they began to run to tell others about what they had seen. And I always thought this was so curious. So curious because it, it seems to, to be somewhat redundant, maybe even unnecessary at first. But, but you and I have experienced moments where this is so very necessary. Not only did the Jesus, did Jesus uh, have an angel offer this testimony, but now suddenly Jesus is here. Jesus reveals himself in the flesh as his bodily resurrection. He reveals himself to the women and suddenly Jesus is in their midst and they bow before him and they, they, they touch him. They worship him and they are filled with awe. And just as they begin that rejoicing, it seems Jesus echoes what the angel echoed as well. You thought this was over. It is not over. I am risen. I am with you. Life is here for you now and forevermore. Go and tell others. Carry this message to the world. You see, sometimes when we, when we think the end is here, the end of our energy, the end of our capacity, the end of our faith, the end of our grief, the end is here. Jesus is writing another story in you. It is not over. There is an even more glorious future yet ahead for you. And so my encouragement this day is, is, hey, as you woke up this morning and dawn came through, broke through the clouds, I want you to feel this morning the earth begin to shake a little bit. It's quaking now under your feet. And as it's quaking, I want you to, to imagine what it was like to see that stone rolled away, to see that angel sitting on the tomb's door and to understand for the first time that he is not bound by death, but he is alive now and forevermore. And just as fear and joy begin to commingle in you, suddenly Jesus is here with you. Suddenly Jesus has a word of life for you. Suddenly Jesus has a word of hope for you, suddenly Jesus has a future, bright and beautiful, glorious for you. 
And in that hope-filled joy, let's do what the women first did. Let's respond by going and telling the world of his great love that knows no bounds, that knows no end, that knows no death because he is risen. So now you and I live in him. Would you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, what an extraordinary gift it is to hear of your love that cannot be contained, that cannot be diminished, that, that conquered even death so that we might have life in you. So we pray, O oh Lord, that you would uh, confront us with that joy and hope that, that we would be so uh, filled with your life that we would be your servants in the world. Lord, thank you for your word, your word that says this is not the end, that this is just the beginning, that no day is so dark, no moment is so dim that you cannot shine your light and offer your life in. So we pray, we pray that you would move in and amongst us through the life we have in your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, as we continue in worship and we enter into this time of offering, Lord, we thank you for the gifts that you've given us, the gifts that you've blessed us with, and we thank you for the kingdom-building work of your church. Lord, I, I pray that these gifts would, would bless others, that people would come to know of life and love in you. And we pray, O oh Lord, a blessing upon each and every one that gives as well, that we would experience joy and life and giving. Lord, be with us in this time of offering, in this time of worship, this very day. In Jesus' name, amen.